You're listening to The RC, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking, and cutting-edge imaging. Hi, and welcome to this week's Red Centre, coming to you from location. Uh, we're down here at Unit. We've just uh, come off a shoot. Oh, God knows I had to get up at 4.30 in the morning. The thing about post, Jase, is you don't have to get up very early. <laughs> well, sure, you get to stay really late, though. How are you, sir? I'm good. Very good, thank you. Very nice. Had an excellent morning. Out shooting some beauty shots with uh, the most gorgeous vehicle. Probably top of my list of, uh, of uh, on the shopping list of the cars I'll never own. A gorgeous uh, Aston Martin DBS, uh, the um, special edition. Very yeah, nice. Very nice. So uh, we're down here. It's uh, and we're at an exterior location, so there'll be some background noise and and odd stuff going by. But um, we thought we'd uh, record this. This is being recorded on uh, the end of last week, like on Friday. Um, it should go out. Uh, should you should be listening to this beginning of the next week. When this has gone out, we've just received the new. Uh, uh, things from Red and some new announcements. So we'll be discussing those and other things coming up uh, later in the show, including some gear and stuff. But let's go straight to the proverbial, or should I say, virtual news desk. And now the RC News. Okay, so finally, I guess you. I don't want to say end of an era, but you know, there's a bit of a obviously a bit of a landmark day, an interestingly timed landmark day. Uh, the, the actual Epic X's are actually now shipping. I guess you can say we're sort of moving on from what was kind of the beta, the beta um, phase of Epics, the M's, even though they're all meant to be ready for production. We've got Epic X's shipping. People are getting their emails. Um, um, Jared posted a, uh, a rack of about 28 X's, all sitting there, getting um, having a bit of burn-in, just sitting there, um, getting just final pre 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 pre-packaging testing before they were being sent out. So it looks like it's about at least 28 on the rack. Uh, and as I say, there's emails being sent out. People have... Uh, we've got our email. Start to get, well, yep, you have your email. Yes. There's an X on the way, and people are going to start getting tracking numbers shortly. So, yeah, I guess it's um, the start of what should be ramping up now. There should be no reason why they shouldn't be shipping in numbers, which is great. So cause hopefully, obviously, what we're not going to see is every episode of um, uh, RC where I, like last time, was uh, announcing what numbers were shipping over at least one or two, uh, at least over a year or so to get all the everyone getting everybody uh, everybody's pre-orders out oh, the door. We're been, not going to see that. You're just being pessimistic. Huh? Yeah, that's not like me, is it? Um, hey, uh, look, the other huge piece of news for me personally is the Canon mounts are shipping. Um, and yeah. I, I think they're a real game changer, the Canon mounts. Um, we've got one on route now. In fact, it left before the X. Yeah. So, uh, but I think September 9 is the kind of date for most of them sort of starting to ship out. Yeah. Um, I believe that when they went into the store, they actually sold out in like an yeah. hour or so. Yeah, I was shooting and uh, I only missed the call. Thank you. I uh, got a few people sort of pinging me, including Chase Diamond, were saying, dude, these are in the store. By the time I got there, literally about an hour and a half or two hours later, they were all... The first batch had been, you know, uh, not surprisingly, um, uh, had been swallowed up. The first sort of batch of uh, shipment. Um, Red themselves commented that they were quite surprised how popular these were. I'm, this is of no surprise to me that these that these mounts are going to ship like hotcakes. It's completely in line with um, the form factor of the camera. It's just asking for it. Whether you're having, you know, quite okay, mechanical well, let me, let me... ZEs or whether you've got. Let me be uh, 
the voice of whatever and say to you, if you had an Epic X, say, with a cannon mount on it, yeah. is that enough for you? I mean, if you could, like, tomorrow buy um, a uh, X that was exactly, you know, spec'd out in every respect, but yeah. you had a choice of cannon mount or PL, and you could only have one or the other, mm. what would you take? Well, if I could only, I would then I would say PL, um, just because if I could only have one choice, I'd You'd say, still have PL. I still have PL because I guess then I can. I guess I have to look at it's it, it, um, making money that I'll be able to rent it. I'm not, uh, you know. I guess um, you want to be able to have it on the shelf as a production camera to rent as well, as well as my own stuff. So, you know, big borrow and steal the glass. I guess. Um, I, I guess if you're going to. Sorry, for a number of people that aren't renting them, Canon mount would be enough. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, look, absolutely. There's a lot of people who have been shooting and struggling with 5D and putting up with all its pain in the asses and uh, are very keen to, to get it. Look, you know, I, I probably, um, I probably, I guess, I'll, all right, I'll go with a cannon mount. That's well, my final to decision. I'm just curious as to your professional <laughs> opinion. Yeah. No, like, I think um, I do love the idea. I want to be able to have a bit of a play with the old uh, touch focus for a while and just sort of see how... I mean, I can totally see as a hybrid camera or as a DSMC camera how uh, how uh, intriguing it would be and how potentially clever it could be. But I don't, I, in, in reality, I'm not sure. On, on a real working set, I'm not sure how much you'd really use the touch focus. I think it might take you a while to sort of get over that, the way we're so used to working of... Um, of literally checking every single focus and doing it manually and running through it. Do you know what I'd really like to see? And I, and I think would be a brilliant move is for Canon to take like their L-series glass and produce an, I don't know, P-series, yeah. which is L-series with gearing for, for manual. And so in yeah. other words, the optics are all there, we know that. Canon version of ZE, ZFs. Yeah. So you're talking about manual focus. And you say to the... Metal barrel, Yeah, you say to the, the 5D crowd, look, we know you're shooting video with these. Yeah. So we're going to produce you some L-glass, but yep. with different gearing. Yep. And even if they charge, I don't know, a few hundred bucks more for them, and they put them in... I reckon they'd sell a ton of them. And they'd probably sell them to all the people that have already bought the, the L-glass anyway. Well, we've no idea. We've no idea a Canon, Canon are listening. We don't even know, really, are we going to see a Canon 5D Mark III? They've had years to, to know that this is a, a growing market and not but, adapt with it. We've not seen a single video camera from them that even shows that they've noticed that the, the full-frame or larger sensor market is something to, something to aim for. Sony, of, of course, have completely seized that market and, and leapt into it. They've had enough, enough time, so I can't see why Canon... Wouldn't, wouldn't have had enough time to... Uh, I mean, would you think it would be a relatively easy thing for the lens department to say, hey, we could sell more lenses? Yeah. And not only that, we'll sell more L-glass because that's the stuff that yeah. matters. Yeah. And ways to sell more... There can't be a lot of ways that you could suddenly sell a ton more L-glass overnight. Yeah, no one's asking them to completely redesign the optics, just a rehousing. Yeah. It's actually almost getting simpler. The mechanics obviously needs to get a little bit more hardy. But uh, you're getting rid of AF motors and a lot of the electronics. Uh, maybe even give us manual iris. We don't mind. Automatic iris is fine. Um, it's quite nice to be able to just toggle it. Um, people are getting so used to using very NDs and using NDs in front of the lens to, to vary the, the iris. But, you know, I, I think it's... Um, uh, they really... I don't know. Are Canon really even thinking about it? It would be terrific if someone 
I mean, I guess Zeiss do it. Zeiss, you know, essentially do a full set of um, very nice metal metal lenses, you know, like the, the Duclos mod, the um, uh, ZE, ZFs in Canon and Nikon. Um, got a reasonable amount of, of throw on the, on the focus. They still, uh, in the Canon mount version, they still give you the electronic iris. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're beautiful. I just bought a 50mm the other day. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm just looking out over Sydney Harbour at dawn. There are god rays breaking god through, rays the clouds, through the clouds, shooting the uh, north head. Yep. There's a ferry driving through a sun patch. Yep. There are joggers going by, and there's the lovely dulcet tones of a tractor slowly, <laughs> you know, grooming the uh, the uh, front of the uh, sand forest. There you go. I'll take a photo. That's for the show notes. There you go. Um, so, just it's. Bloody one! Yeah, I can tell you, this is just complete aside, but it is really frigging, as you, I guess, know very, very well from your sepals stuff. It's really worth it to get up for the light at dawn. It's beautiful. It is truly really beautiful, and particularly when we've got, you know, we've got cameras that can really sort of almost see in the dark. At the end of the day, after the sun's gone, as, as well, it's just, it's very tempting to. Ah, oh, well, okay, the sun's dipped behind. The number of times when I've been shooting, the sun's dropped. It's, the sun's gone basically and you go oh well okay fine that's you're just so used to that being the end of your shoot day oh I'll pack up but if you just sit there for that moment afterwards and just watch the light can just be quite amazing and particularly now as I say we've got cameras that can happily happily I, I give you a like lovely image at that time of day pre-dawn you know pre-sunrise how... and post-sunset can be just yeah beautiful light I just feel like you, you know how you sort of have that thing about you should really get off your off your kind of comfort zone of standing and shooting at eye height to yeah. so get down on the ground or you know do things and that bit of effort of getting out on the ground can produce an amazing shot mm. similarly if you can just get your ass out of bed early and i yeah. know shoots professional shoots always start early but i mean yeah. just for yourself get up and go down to the water or somewhere we were but in I france still, and doing it it was just freaking awesome i dawn. still have to push my shoots though to get to get um earlier than what they want to start obviously most councils and most most sort of um, shoots don't really get sort of started till councils allow you to actually pull up outside a house or in a street or in a location till about seven but I often will have to push the shoot to be able to start earlier than seven even if it means just put the camp put the camera gear and put all the essentials in a van where we're not so limited to start times you can start you know Those start shots this start morning what, that was six o'clock before the sun came up yeah of the of it's the beautiful Aston Martin, absolutely you just have that light in the sky but there's no real sort of ambience so really it's just like having a nice big scrim over the car the, the sky's got a bit of light, but there's not too much ambience around, so it's really just got starts to look quite studio lighting, really. But obviously on location, it doesn't last very long, but it's definitely worth the extra oh, 45 yeah. minutes or so on either side of the day. And and it and it moves so quickly. Like the light now is not a patch on what it was. Yeah, an hour ago. No, it's it's definitely definitely. I mean, today like today is very changeable. It's literally, you know, four seasons in one day. A bit of rain, then gorgeous cloud, sun, and what we had this morning was actually. Even though we the car wasn't in sun, but the clouds above it were being hit by dawn, so you actually had sort of that sort of classic uh, gold the edge, Columbia gold beaches. edge, yeah, the Columbia Beaches sky reflecting in this gorgeous carbon fiber car, and it was just outstanding. Yeah. Hey, um, so the other piece of news that came out was Red Cine X Pro. Now, <laughs> I got to yes. say, a few people were a bit like. 
I don't know whether it was an accident, but there seemed to be a lot of hype around that announcement. And there was like a seven and a half thousand people hitting the red website. And then, no, no disrespect to a terrific team of software engineers that have produced this. That yeah. Dean and those guys are great guys. But I have to say, I kind of felt like there was going to be more than Red Cine X Pro. And also oh, announced that night. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I saw the other eight thousand people on Red User at that time uh, waiting for the. Uh, uh, I thought Scarlet was going to announce. Of, uh, hmm, I thought Scarlet. because they'd fixed the problems of the production cycle yeah. that they yeah. would, we'd literally see a. Um, by the way, our guy who's dressing the sand for us is going to be working in front of us, so you'll hear some, some hear tractor, tractor sounds, but we're not actually You're hearing boot camp guys lugging 10 kilo uh, weights on their back jogging past. Uh, Yummy mummies, soccer mums, pushing prams. John Deere. See you, okay, dude. so okay, go so, away. Um, so Red Cine X Pro, it's mm. basically Red Cine X out of two, right? I mean, yeah. it's free. Yep. It runs on the same kind of platform. It's but yeah, it it's has a second monitor, and it has the only thing. Well, we're going to do a review of it at the end of the show because I'm going to leave down here on location and go up to. And yeah, play it's with literally it. only a few hours uh, uh, old. Uh, the main thing to me seemed to be that. that You've got post effects, which is you know, kind of cool. And don't explain that. Well, obviously, don't explain it yet. We'll explain yeah. it later when you've had a bit more of a. And it's got this um, multi-view, multi-timeline thing, which I'm not yeah. quite sure what that does yet. But we will know all that at the end of the show. So uh, we'll have that up in the um, equipment bit at the end. So other than that, uh, I guess the other thing that we've seen is just a lot of new bits and bobs in the in the red store. Uh, yeah, let me just get to that because that's. Um uh, what's nice is there's a new releases page. And you know, the other thing that was happening while you're looking that up, did you track that yesterday a new Fuji camera was coming out at almost exactly the same instant that um, that uh, Red was... toy, the X10, I think The X10. Is, which is, uh, yeah, not a, not a motion picture camera, but, uh, yeah, just a, a, a gorgeous sort of um, And I think, I think a lot of brother. people that were twittering at that point were were amusing yeah, themselves yeah, with the with the uh, the Fuji camera while they waited for uh, more news <laughs> on. Uh, it was quite a bizarre kind of uh, Twitter feeds that I were getting between I really want this little Fuji camera, and a thousand people have just taken the red site into slow mo. <laughs> yeah, so new to the uh, in into the store obviously is Red Dragon T-shirt. Uh, obviously, the Canon mounts two thousand dollars. Now, what the other thing they launched is the uh, Canon uh, the Epic M Pack which is the ability to buy the Epic M without all the accessories, literally buy a uh, body brain just with the SSD mount, uh, SSD module and the PL mount. They also... For 43000 Okay. So, um, I mean... They also ob- announced, though, a really cool shipping box, as it were, um, like a crate, I guess. Or oh, yeah, the, uh, the yeah, the flight case for, um, for Epic X is really nice. Uh, here comes Mr. Tractor again. Really, what are you doing? He's, he's dressing the sand. He's raking it. It's going to take me forever to bloody break that. Raking, burying everyone's lost car keys a bit further deeper into the sand. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the, this is, so I got, when I picked up the M, I got the flight case, which is a Pelican case that allows us to put the camera in overhead, which I think is awesome. Yeah. And quite frankly, I quite like that it's a bit nondescript because it doesn't say what it is, whereas... I see the sex appeal of this new one, that it has, you know, red logos all over it. But I remember once saying to a guy who ran a um, group truck, and I was like, why don't you ever put your name on the side of the truck? And he's like, why should I advertise to get it stolen? 
no one's ever hired me based based on seeing my name on the side of a truck. <laughs> um, and I've got a bit of the same vibe about this, actually. I, I really feel like if anyone knew what that was in the car window when they looked in, they yeah. realised it was worth, you know, 40 grand or 30 well, grand. And I, th- I think it's just a really nice delivery case. It's just a very nice way to get it to you. Oh, so you wouldn't it's, use it? Well, no, I don't think so. I mean, essentially... Oh, okay. I don't think. Essentially, you want to f- ship a, any red any red kit that you range or any red kit you really want to like 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 the uh, the Pelican case for for the M's. Yeah. You know, it comes with all the accessories. You want to have all the SSDs and the, a bomb and all that sort of stuff for all in as part of the kit. Basically, particularly also if you want to rent it or you know get it out the door, you want to be able to have this is everything that you want to be able to assemble that body and then go and, and then. Yeah, you know, might put slide plates or whatever in there. So, so this is really this is the... just a really this is for me. It's gorgeous. I mean, I don't want to sort of diss it, but this is really just like when you buy an expensive European watch. This is really just like that lovely display case <laughs> that you then never that use. says this is your watch. Take the watch out, put it on your wrist, and uh, put the case the, yeah. in. Put the case in the wardrobe. So you do that, don't you? You keep the bloody case and never oh, use absolutely. it. Oh, absolutely. I keep, I keep all mine. the boxes for all my sort of stuff. I've, I've still my nine, 2007 Mac Pro. I've still got the boxes down in the garage. Really? Screwed. Yeah, I keep all the boxes for stuff. I'm just okay. terrible. Oh, well, I just you know for when you sell it. So really, it does literally. It lets puts you uh, put uh, an SS. If you put an SSD in the in the Can in the side, the side module. Side handle on it when it's in the box. Side handle side SSD um, and the red moat on the back of the body. So really just build the body, put it in the case, shut the door. So, I don't know, not, not a terribly practical case, but a very gorgeous one um, nonetheless. The other, the other thing I think which came up with the, um, just looking at the X, is the, um, they slightly changed the top, uh, slightly changed the top of the camera. Oh, yeah. It's a slightly sort of flatter, Flatter because the that the funnel on the, the sort of heat funnel on yeah. the top of the uh, M's at the moment is sort of you know a little bit counterproductive not counterproductive but it's uh, an odd design so they flattened it off putting straightened it flat on top of it yeah exactly it did, yeah, and I, that was deliberate and I think so it, it also it. yes it's true I think it gives you just a slightly couple more mounting points maybe from memory but um, it would be really interesting to get the X beside the M and see what the actual differences are and there's a yeah. slight weight difference as well I believe. Uh, well, there is at the moment, especially since you've got the older uh, oh, heat sinks on the side. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, no, so... I actually, need, there to, is some subtle I actually need to send my M back because the red moat to work needs yep. me to swap out the something that is, has to be done at the factory. Right. So my red, my red moat works, but only attached to the back of the camera. Interesting. Annoying, really. Okay. So it has to go back again. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Right, wait till the X comes. Yeah, we'll see. Well, it'll be interesting to see when we get the X. What? Because uh, obviously this is uh, essentially, as we talked about, this is essentially the start of the production cameras. A lot of that stuff should be sorted. Yeah. There should be no physical. If they're shipping those now, they know about the issues with your camera. Obviously, you know about it. Red know about the issues. Yeah. So theoretically, if they're literally putting these things into boxes now. All of that kind of hardware issues, anything that's going to need physical... Tra- There's no point sending out something that in a week's going to have to come back. So. I want to tell you, though, the thing that I really am not annoyed about but really feel is now a very high priority is to get some of the missing functionality back in the software. Yeah. And, and number one amongst those is playback, playback. from, from yep. set. Yep. Because that is really... 
that's a big beta versus release kind of line in the sand. I mean, yeah. you can't say camera's released if you can't play back from the camera for, for in, some, this, in this kind of a camera. Absolutely. For some shoots, if you don't have Video Village, you don't necessarily have somebody running uh, video split and recording stuff for you. A lot of the time, and, and to much to the chagrin of camera assistants and, for, and second ACs, is that uh, playback now comes from the camera end. So there's constantly... The guys are trying to set the next shot. They're trying to swing lenses for the yeah, next Jason, setup. I, and they've got the director no, saying, I, playback, please. I, and they've got I a freaking totally agree with you. And when we had playback from... With a chance of erasing, I would say... And before red, yeah. on tape, I would say just refuse to do it because of the risk involved. But I'll say this. The reason why I feel so strongly about it is I just can't judge a 300 frame per second no, shot absolutely. on Video Village playback because no. it was only getting 24 or 30 frames from the HD uh, yeah, HDSDI fake, split. Yeah, fake slow-mo playback. But um, I well, I wish what will be nice when you've got red modes to work at a distance uh, and when we've got playback, I don't have to bother the camera guys. I can take the moat off the back of the camera. Go away. I can take the, the red... I'll be able to take the red moat off the back of the camera, walk to Video Village... And uh, which is oh, hopefully not going to be too far away, but I can do playback from there, and um, you know the guys can get on with uh, setting the next shot, uh, you know changing lenses, and they don't have to stand by the camera and listen to me scream across the set. I can um, I can do the playback. I can stand there uh, by the client monitor and control playback quite easily. Um, what do you think's the next bit of hardware? you want to see from Red? I mean, we said software, I would say it's absolutely yep. playback. Yep. What's the next... Because there's lots and lots of little modules that were part of the absolutely. whole bloody Red theory when it was launched. Yeah. So what next bit of Epic do you think is... So I'll give you a couple of options. I.O. Yep. Additional battery module for having multiple battery things. Yep. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, well, an entire um, additional... Uh, thing at the back for doing um what do you call it the oh god what was those that extra module for um uh you could basically run two batteries and, and unplug one and, and plug the other right? because the problem at the moment is that kind of the vaults are pretty thing. small yeah and the back vaults yeah. i think are still really um, my problem with vaults my problem with vaults is that they don't last long but my, my love of vaults is that the v-lock are so bloody uh, hard to get through the airports these days. Well, what is so. a mystery? Well, theoretically, and whether they actually ship with it or not, again, then we will find out what actually bits are going to come because we do know that there are going to be shortages of some bits. If you've ordered an Epic, if you're on stage two, stage, stage, stage stage two. two, we don't think you're going to get all the bits. Just a prediction. Um, just What do you think you're not going to get? Well, the handles aren't included anyway, are they? Or are they? Uh, oh, don't do it to me. I can't remember. No, anyway, I don't think side handles are I don't included. think they are. But here's the no. thing that I reckon they should come... If I was like, and I'm not obviously, but if I was like on the red what's our priority thing, the thing I'd say next is some kind of low-res, pro-res-y recording on camera. The, because Ari's eating their breakfast on that particular one yeah. score. And Red announced that they were going to do that. Now, someone has been alluding to some coming accessory that is not hardware, it's potentially something inside the camera. I'd love to think that that's what it is, that we're going to do pro-res. For 50%, and we've talked about this, I probably even talked about it last job, for 50% of the work, what holds me back is the sheer data. Often, if you're doing sort of run and gun and smaller crew stuff, you just can't. It's a real production pain in the ass to start managing terabytes 
you know, terabytes every day, you know, but, on but, the road. We're but I remember a them long, a long, a long haul as a reaction stint. to Ari saying that they were going to have that as an on-camera feature, right? Yeah. Having a dual record. And I think that dual record option would be hugely popular. Yeah. But the other thing is, I mean, right now we don't have, uh, and I presume it's linked to playback in camera, we don't have the ability to playback a quick time like we used to because there's no proxy workflow. No proxies. So uh, No playback. Yeah. See, if you could get ProRes happening in some kind, that would be just outstanding. So maybe it's part of the same... Maybe. Maybe it's part of the same um, sort of uh, solution. To the going back to the hardware of what I think two things probably or what I'm going to say three things definitely uh, the Pro IO or maybe the Pro IO battery either of those because what one of the things we really want is accessory power right. uh, you want to be able to plug things on you know like cube, right, tra- yep. cube transmitters yep. uh, focus uh, focus motors yeah, uh, any of those accessories because at the moment you step up the first time you sort of go okay I'll just plug this in oh there's no DC out on this body in the in its smallest form of course trust me as a steady cam operator that yeah. totally bugs me absolutely so you want to be able to do that and you want to be able to sort of plug stuff in so whether that the IO is going to let us do that or whether the battery module is going to I don't think the battery module is going to let us do that definitely running on the battery module is is essential because as we've seen you know you re- rip through one red volt in about 20 minutes and there's various, you know, the configurations for. I mean, I guess you can get the uh, the backpack, uh, the backpack, um, uh, you know, battery mount for V-lock. V-locks are very big and very bulky. It's really hard to get through an airport, Jase. With the with the red V-locks, bricks. yeah. Right. Hey, um, so okay, that's one. What's yeah, two? Oh, okay, uh, Redmote Pro. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going to be able to see uh, have the ability to have focus control. Uh, that the camera can control the focus on L glass, yeah, um, uh, or or any sort of AF uh, Canon uh, AF lenses. Wouldn't it be quite lovely if we could then, you know, obviously with the Red Redmote Pro, not have to have external motors, uh, external uh, transmitters, all outboard gear. If we've got a, if the camera's already has the ability to, to control the lens and uh, and and has wireless capability built in. If we had the Redmote Pro, then there you go. That's a nice Steadicam solution. It's not going to suit everybody. It's going to suit the sort of more lower end, the more sort of Canon mount sort of side of things. If you want PL, then obviously then you're going to be you're in a bigger stage stage of shoot, and you're going to have your you're going to have your your Prestons and all that sort of stuff on board. But uh, stage three. What's your state? Your third thing, sorry. Uh, well, really, it's it really it's the video video I, the uh, I/O box battery. So that, as you say, you can have Hot swap. Not that we have much of a camera startup time, but the ability to run more than put more than two uh, red volts on at one time to be able to hot swap and to be able to power for longer runs. Um, um, yeah, have DC out. So, so what about a bigger? Because I mean, we've seen this prototype. A bigger touchscreen monitor is that important to you? No, I think I find the the, the five inch is not bad. Is it really? I oh, find that, that screen's quite good. Um, I'd like to be able to plug in the EVF and that at the same time. Yeah, well, part of the other reason of getting an I/O module would be to have an SDI for video village, and then split that out, have another SDI for another onboard monitor. Yeah. Um, and if you want something larger, or have if you want to have the bomb, because what obviously what you can't do at the moment, and I, again, that's probably another reason for I/O from, from memory, is the ability to run the touch screen for your assistant and have the bomb EVF yeah. for your operator. 
because obviously it's, it's, it's either or at the moment with the, the brains in their minimal configuration. So IO Box is going to be able to let us do uh, all of these things. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, uh, the sooner we can get that. Now, obviously, I think from memory, the X package ships with a battery adapter. Uh, um, what we don't know, whether it's the... Because I think there's two kinds of battery adapter, ones that will let you use the, as, as yet unseen, the XL size red volts, the double size red volts. Right. So I think you can basically be able to put four, four red volts on or two red volt XLs. So we, obviously we haven't seen those batteries yet, we haven't seen the module yet. We're yet to sort of see a lot of these other extra, like the module adapter, all the stuff that's meant to be in the X kit. So obviously we are going to get our hands on that sort of very, very quickly. It's starting to rain, Mike. It is. Well, just before we finish up and go to my thing, because we haven't, we haven't really covered anything away from red this week. Yeah. Has there been much stuff uh, around the traps? There hasn't, I haven't actually. seen a lot of news of new stuff myself. There hasn't really. So I think we might see a bit of stuff at IBC. Um, yep. And we, IBC's we coming up, so we'll obviously get a report. We've got Jeff and John at IBC. Um, and actually, I think there's going to be a bunch of new workflow things coming out of IBC more than necessarily cameras and lenses. Rumours for IBC that I've heard so far are um, definitely potentially stuff more stuff from Red, uh, potentially stuff from Apple, uh, and also potentially stuff from um, uh, top three uh, company that makes uh, grading type software and hardware. Okay, well, I actually know because I have several NDAs and stuff that is not allowed to be ah, announced until okay. the night, so, so I can't it's indicate. More than a rumour then. It, I can actually tell you that, that I can't tell you. Excellent, good. <laughs> but yes. I can say that, yes, there is some actual real stuff coming out of IBC that will be interesting. Yes, hardware and software, so that's going to be great. So hopefully, when is IBC? Oh, the, the 9th. Right, okay. Hey, um, just before we uh, finish up, though, and, and just in a sort of a related gear area, because I don't want to just touch upon red this week. There is um, a product that you were shooting with this week that I think was absolutely um, amazing that you showed me, which was, was I'm, I'm a GoPro guy. Yeah. And you were shooting this week with its yeah, we mentioned it. I'm, yeah, I mentioned it. I mentioned it in the show last week, and then literally we had a... I was doing quite an odd shoot last week with uh, hidden cameras, GoPros, 5Ds, like four or five cameras that are hidden in a room. And we had one of our GoPros was... Uh, uh, pooing its pants, every, it would drop out in the middle of a take, it was overheating all the power, we were running them all off DC, so it was oh. tripping out for some reason, so I thought, quick, get me the, I read, I, I, I heard on this podcast something about the Contour Plus, get me that, so I actually got one of those, and as I said, it would be great to get my hands on them, I actually was really quite impressed with it, we yet to sort of get some of the footage up and running and sort of compare it to GoPro yet, but in terms of physical onset, it was What's really clever. What's it like in terms clever. of build quality? Because, I mean, you, you can't judge that off a website. The build quality is really nice. It? It's very cleverly engineered. Yeah. Um, it's very nicely hey, done. did you the get Bluetooth... the... I was going to say, did you get the Bluetooth running? Yeah, got the Bluetooth running. Yeah, I had to just update the firmware, but it's really nice. It's very simple. Firmware on, on the camera on the or on camera. Laptop? Yeah, oh, firmware on, on, on the camera. So okay. the idea is to... Uh, basically just hit, it's very nicely made, it's got two huge big buttons on the top, one for roll and one for Bluetooth, press and hold the Bluetooth button and then launch the app on your iPhone and you have a live view, albeit only about maybe six frames a second or so, but you have a, lot, a live view on your iPhone to be able to uh, set the shot uh, and then you can uh, swipe through no a couple of other there's no monitor on, like I've, on my GoPro I've got a monitor option to click, click and, I, and I have, have that option, have the backpack click on the thing. back, yeah. yeah. Well, the you thing have that? I have a backpack for my GoPro, but the thing about it, obviously, is often if you're mounting it on a helmet... No, no, no I meant for the... Does the new 
the Contour have a monitor? No, it doesn't. It has mini HDMI out, which is quite cool. Okay. So you can actually plug it into a monitor other than, I think with the GoPros you can only, I think you can only do component or I've uh, just used yeah. And the other thing with the the other thing with the um, contour, contour. Uh, no, with the GoPro is that you can't plug any. It, it's waterproof housing prevents you from ever plug anything in. I think the <laughs> contour is actually waterproofish or splashproof as it is, so you can plug things in and, and keep it reasonably sort of splashproof. Did it seem like a comparable kind of size and weight? Yep, comparable size and weight, nice build quality. The pluses, I thought, were the fact that once you've plugged in your Bluetooth, you can not only frame the shot, but then you can choose... You can do, like, one of two setups, like setup A and setup B. And setup A, you can say, I want to have at uh, 50 frames a second, 720p, and the other one can be 25p, uh, 25p, 1080p. And so you can set up two kind of presets. You can oh, okay. also set the exposure. You can set sort of color temp or tint and stuff. Is it so, a fixed lens or is there any kind of zoom on it? Or? Uh, no, it's a fixed lens. It's about a 170 degree view with not quite as much sort of fisheye bending as the GoPro, right. uh, but still quite a wide field of view. The other really nice thing for rigging is that once you've rigged it, you can then just grab the front of the lens and rotate it. So if you, where you're bolting it and where you're rigging it isn't quite level, then you can just twist the lens. Oh, and it twists the... So it rotates the entire image. So basically you can, right. you, can, you can sort of dutch your image back to normal. So if you've bolted it at a weird angle on your helmet or onto the side of your car, oh, that's and cool. that's the best place to tuck yeah. it in there is that best place. Or your, you know, it means that your mount doesn't have to be quite so flexible. You can right. really have a much simpler mount and then correct it on the lens itself. So that's so why the it ability, looks like a cigar. It's kind of a, the entire... Yeah, the little front of the lens rotates around. So it's the ability to have it in your hand, then look at exposure, look at color temp, and look at the frame. Even if you were driving with a car, I guess you could have that, you know, you could just Velcro the iPhone to the dashboard and have quite a good idea of the yeah. view, make sure you can see that it's running, I guess, and, um, you know, check the exposure's right, because obviously the GoPro thing is pretty set and forget. Same so that kind was of cool. card thing, like you put a SD Micro SD. Yeah. Micro, I think it's got some inboard, inboard memory, which is quite nice, and micro SD... Um, just a really nice, it's just really nice build quality. I was impressed, but so it should be because it's about twice the price of a GoPro. But uh, yeah, so anyway, it's worth again. The, the final proof of the pudding will be just looking at the, the footage how it that we've cuts got together. Back. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I was very impressed with Your, it. Your uh, secret camera shooting? Yes. No, that's interesting. I've yeah. Well, we we knew we weren't trying to sort of make these things look anything other than hidden cameras it was quite fine so we're not trying to make it go <laughs> we're not trying to make a gopro or a contour look like a you know, like an like epic or whatever yeah so no it, it was we were we were not trying to sort of push it to anywhere it wasn't we just wanted it small i had this uh uh we we were hiding it in food and we were hiding it in like rubbish so i basically we had this tin of old mackerels and we cut a hole in it and Shoved the <laughs> shoved the uh, camera in this sort of old tin can and uh, had all the cables hidden by rubbish and garbage. So it was quite a weird shoot, but sort of um, a, uh, punked candid camera kind of thing. It was, it was a very disgusting, rubbish-filled, pungent uh, candid camera. Um, so that was good. Uh, hey, one other thing I was going to ask you. Somebody asked me about it. Have you seen these 128 gig cards for the Canon? Like you know the 64 or 30. I've got a 32 gig card. Right. Somebody said Amazon was just starting to have 128 gig um, no I have to investigate that no I don't know what somebody texted is. me uh, yesterday and I hadn't had a chance to research it but I've got might have... no I've just got 16 gigs cards and I've just got 10 of them and I think I've sort of more 
of the mentality. Although if I had larger cards, great. I've got I've, the 32s. And i got those Hoodman, the really nice solid metal ones. Right. Mmm, yummy. Metal. Mm. I've just got lots of cards and I rotate them over. So, rather than, so you know, you might have, before lunch, have two or three cards versus half a card. You know, I don't know. I just, every, every few sort of setups someone will whisk a card away and go start backing it up and uh, DITing it while I'm Speaking moved on of to which, there was that great photo posted of that box of 128 cards from... Uh, uh, on Brooke Willard's, uh, if you don't follow his um, if you don't follow his blog, I think it's brookwillard.com, uh, he's got a great blog and he's... What uh, the hell he's, was that uh, shoot, He's uh, DITing at the moment on a uh, ultra secret, cannot be announced uh, stereo epic shoot, which may or may not be located more in the southern hemisphere than the northern hemisphere and he's, uh, yeah, I think he was getting his data delivered for his uh, multiple stereo epic shoot of, uh, I think it was like 50 or so, 128 gig uh, SSDs. So, yeah, if you're finding it hard to get SSDs at the moment, uh, you, know, you know who to blame. So, uh, yeah, that was quite a sight. That is a, actually, we should do the math on how much that box cut costs at 1800 bucks each or so. Yes, quite a lot. Well, we're going to break from this location okay. because of weather. Uh, yeah, weather. And uh, I will pick day. it up in the studio. But, Jason, if I don't talk to you again at the end of the show, thank you, sir. Yeah, cool. Thank you, mate. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys next week when we'll have news from IBC. Cheers. But right now, let's uh, cross the studio where I'm going to have a look at the new Red Cine X Pro. Okay, so I'm back here at the tech bunker, at the tech uh, compound, and I just want to run through some of the things that uh, are in Red Cine X Pro. And um, I guess the, the thing that I'm sort of noticing is a bunch of people have kind of split on this. A number of people have kind of gone, uh, okay, cool user interface. It's awesome. Uh, it's brilliant. Actually, there's probably three groups. That's the first group. Uh, it's awesome. Um, and then there's a second group that has said, uh, look, it's kind of nice, but I was kind of expecting more. And am I missing something or is it just kind of a kind of a minor UI. And I'm, I'm in the third group that says, actually, it's really uh, a terrific release, this, and, um, and actually has some really cool stuff. And I think some people just haven't maybe stumbled across that yet. So that's why I wanted to do a separate area. So let's run through what the, um, the program is giving us. And interestingly, what the program is giving us, in my opinion, its most significant feature isn't even listed in uh, the rundown that Dean and Rob, Matthew, David, Grant, Grant um, uh, Aram and, uh, and Arkel, um, actually uh, produced. In fact, the one that was posted lists the things like a new user interface with collapsible window and a stills workflow and markers and stuff. And I will cover those in one second. The big one for me about um, Red Cine Pro or Red Cine X Pro is that it now trims R3D files and deals with R3D files that are HDRXs properly. So let me just explain what I mean. I've got an um, R3D file shot on Epic in front of me. And I loaded that up, and uh, it's a clip of a sword being pulled out of a, you know, scabbard. And it's pulled out, and it's flashing, and I obviously want it to be um, holding its highlight detail because it's got huge glints on it. So I shot it HDRX on Epic. I shot it at 5K. I load that up into the news interface, and I have a timeline down the bottom that I can put it on. And on that timeline, I did immediately two things. One of the things is I did a, uh, a trim. Uh, because I wanted to trim the file, which was great. Actually, I did three things. I trimmed the file just because I wanted the in and out point on this file, but it's an HDRX, so I've switched on magic motion. Now, having trimmed that, I can output that file, and that's the first thing I did. I output it as a series, in my cases, of open EXR files in the new ACES uh, color workspace. So I did that. That's great. The next thing I wanted to do is I wanted to see whether the stills mode would work. So I tried exporting a still, which of course it does, and then I thought, hmm. And so I hit the... Uh, 
export a still R3D. So I started out with a clip that was 500 frames long. And I know that because by hovering over it in the new browser, it actually tells me how many frames that the frame count was like 558 frames or something of this clip. I trimmed it down to about 88 frames of just where the sword's being pulled out of the, um, the sort of the, the money shot, if you like. And, um, but I did a single snapshot of a single frame uh, to have a look at, to analyze. I didn't really think about what I was doing when I was doing it, but of course it did in fact export that single R3D. So I have in my, uh, on my workspace, it's like in my, uh, on my server, and I've got a Promise uh, Pegasus uh, uh, running on here with the new, um, obviously, Thunderbolt uh, technology. So it exported straight to that, and it exported out a single frame, uh, which in this case was only 2.5 meg, single R3D. I then trimmed that file down, as I said, and exported the trim, and it did that. So that produced something that has 88 frames, which is about 216 meg. Uh, and the, the master clip obviously was, you know, whatever it was, um, closer to a gig or whatever. Uh, so that's really significant for us because now we can bring in HDRXs, we can use Magic Motion, and we can trim them, and we can export them as a still, as an R3D still, or as a shortened clip, which of course is exactly what I want to do for my uh, workflow. And I'm maintaining all that stuff because when I brought them back in, it recognized those new files that I'd written out as being HDRXs. It has that HDRX in the browser to tell me that's an HDRX file. And I can again go and look at the A track or the X track as I could uh, on the untrimmed clips. Also, and this is again uh, about as just as significant for HDRX workflow, when I bring my mouse over the top of or my cursor over the top of the image, which is in the middle of the screen, or on my uh, second monitor, which is sitting beside my work primary monitor, when I bring my cursor on top of some part of the picture, it will in fact show me some dots up on the uh, various scopes. So on the vector, uh, on the um, on the scopes of the RGB and also on the histogram, it's showing me where I am uh, in the histogram. So if I was on one of those highlight pings, I would get a reading of not only where I am in terms of the histogram, but a kind of an RGB of that ping on the histogram. And if I change to frame A, the histogram and the scopes update, if I change to frame X, the histogram and scopes update, if I go to simple blend or in magic motion and then slide between the A and the X tracks, the histogram updates. And if I play and stop, the histogram um, all updates. So this to me is worth it alone. The fact that it's now fully running HDRXs and working like a charm uh, is enough of a reason for me to be really excited about this release. But as I say, none of that I saw uh, listed in the kind of 15 points that were listed other than just HDRX and stereo viewing at the same time. Um, I didn't see any other HDRX uh, aspects. Now, I think HDRX is a huge reason why we like the, um, the Epic camera. So I'm really, really excited about that. Everything after that to me is a, oh, thanks guys, I really appreciate it, such as a cleaner user interface, um, and the fact that you've got little, you know, triangles, if you click on them, they sort of zoom stuff up and shoot stuff back again. I, I genuinely think this is a much better user interface than Red Cine X, but to my clients or to my director or somebody I'm working with, uh, a lot of that user interface stuff isn't so dramatic as to improve the quality of the final output picture, but being able to trim R3Ds and read those R3Ds when they're in HDRX mode uh, properly, um, well, of course, we could trim before just the R3D, but we couldn't trim the HDRX R3Ds, uh, is very, very significant. It makes a big, big difference to uh, things. Now, there are a couple of other things that are worth flagging. The first is there's a look environment where we could um, have 
um, looks that we could try and apply. I, I haven't done a lot of work with that, but it's basically the idea of these look effects, which is being able to apply a look. I haven't actually got them kind of working myself yet, so I don't know if that's – I think it's probably not enabled. Um, and one of those pop-downs says secondaries. So when that is enabled, that would be a huge thing because the look effects, film look, saturation, contrast, secondaries, and unsharpened mask is a, a massive potential goldmine. So if secondaries prove to be really good secondaries – in that look effects um, section, then wow, that'll be awesome. Not happening right now, so I can't really sort of comment on them. I haven't really played with them because they're just not uh, activated. The second thing that is uh, of curiosity and awesome potential is the fact that the timeline now lets you layer up uh, multiple sort of, um, it seems like layers of timeline. Now, in a, if I was in a sort of an editor, I would say, oh, okay, well, now I've got an, you know, an A and B or A, B, C, D or whatever uh, channels of video and I can dissolve between them and stuff. Well, we don't have the dissolves. Um, we simply have the ability to layer up multiple um, uh, timelines, as it were, one on top of the other, adding uh, more and more layers of vision. And that's a pretty easy thing to do. It just doesn't seem to do very much at the moment. So while I'm adding these extra um, tracks effectively and under timeline, you just literally select add track uh, other than just a way of sort of having a look at what's going on and adjusting the edit point between the two it's not really producing anything super terrific but it's the potential it's like the secondaries if that was to now turn into something that would allow me to do transitions or layering or keying or anything to stack up my layers, uh, then we'd have something that would be phenomenally of interest. So right now, right out of the gate, uh, it is a little buggy. I'm actually running on version two of this. The reason I didn't record on the first version is that it was even more buggy. I'm now on uh, effectively the second version of the um, app. And I know that because there's now a check for updates inside Red Cine X Pro option, which is awesome. Uh, the user interface stuff's good. The other stuff, the kind of bits and bobs, all good to have, but there you've got two huge areas of potential. One, I believe, is the secondaries. The other is um, some kind of actual editing with the timeline that involves using those layers and using those layers uh, constructively. And then finally, as I say, you've got really, really useful, I really need this, I can't tell you how happy I am, HDRX trimming functions, HDRX export still functions, uh, all seeming to work really, really well. I have had like one crash in the second of the two versions of uh, Red Cine X Pro, but generally speaking, it's working really well. And as I said, uh, exporting, including the ACES export, which is really, really cutting edge, uh, and some of the stuff that you're going to hear a lot more about this week coming up at IBC. Well, now that's about it for this quick review of uh, Red Cine X Pro, other than when I'm recording this, a whole <laughs> tirade has gone off on uh, Red User about the ownership of Red Ones and your ability to be in the queue in Epic X uh, terms. So what we thought we'd do is I was going to finish up here, but I'm actually going to cross back to Jason and uh, we might just discuss that. And uh, as Red Cine X Pro enables those secondaries and starts enabling more editing type functions, uh, we'll come back and uh, report on it fully. But I've got to say huge thanks to Red for posting this. Of course, it is free and available for download immediately, but it is at the moment, as I say, build to beta, so it hasn't been officially released yet. 
I thought that I would just be finishing up this week's show by myself, but while I was doing this uh, stuff that I've just been doing on uh, Red Cine X Pro, there's a bit of a blow-up going on. Um, thought we should just get our take on it, because uh, by the time we record this next time, it'll be too late. So as we're recording this, uh, it's just shut down the thread that I'm referring to. Do you want to fill people in on what, what I'm... What well, happened? I really don't quite know what to say or how to start with this, Mike. It's quite an odd little thread. Keep your red one and get Epic X uh, Stage 2 package was the name of the thread. Um, a bit of an odd one. I mean, there's a few things to this, I guess. The main gist of it was that obviously red were starting to, as they were starting to send out their first emails for people getting their Xs, they were discovering that people had actually sold their red ones. Now, I'm not quite sure how the line of questioning leads to find out that they've sold their red ones, but um, and what difference it really makes to red, I'm not sure. But um, another part of the thread, uh, another part of the intrigue, I guess, is why this is important. But uh, obviously, part of the um, part of the original rules, apparently, if you signed up for stage two, is that you signed uh, to give you deposit. I guess you signed a document saying that you would not sell your X or your um, Red one, until you took delivery of stage two. Well, I actually, you know, okay, so I'm going to argue the point here the other way around because I feel fairly strongly the other way. This just seemed to me to be completely outrageously simple. Like basically, and I signed this, right? Terms of yeah. sale, it was a three-point right. document. Yep. It didn't say you couldn't do this or that. It just simply said... It was that, not a complicated document. No, it just simply <laughs> basically said you needed to um, have your red one to get this offer on a epic... X stage two. Now, I, I just thought that was completely. I mean, this wasn't like a you know terms of service agreement that goes for pages that you know a yeah. pop up button that you would just pass. Like, there's a one page document of which a third of it is the entirety of the stuff you had to read. Right, so yeah. that's it. Like, yeah. you had to read a third of a page and then you had to sign. And you simply said under the big red thing that said, "Please read and understand. I've agreed to these conditions of sale." That to take advantage of this special offer you had to have a red one. Not have originally bought one, but just have a red one, right? Now, I, I just think companies do special offers all the time. I mean, all the friggin' time. Like, you know, buy concert tickets. If you're a member of the fan club, you get in early. If you, uh, uh, you want to go to a store, and it's like you can buy two, get one free, limited time only, limited right. two per customer. That's right. And, and when you go to pick up those two things, you might have to take your membership card with you. Yeah, you say, like, you know what, if you... Um, yeah, exactly. If you're a member of our, you know, frequent flyer club, you can use the lounge. Well, I want to use the lounge, and I used to be a member of the frequent flyer club, but I let it lapse. I don't. Oh, I have I a card, but lounge. it's at home. It's in my other pants. Well, oh, I'm sorry, you can can't I get, get in, in, sir. Well, this is outrageous. How dare you? I mean, I did, who told me that if I once was a member of the frequent flyer club and I let it lapse, that I wouldn't allowed to become in? I, I, you know, and then of course, what kind of happened is that Red said, look, we kind of really uh, discovered that people were actually engineering stuff to get around this cause. Uh, this this clause. is probably where, you know, yeah. And they were engineering things like, look, mate, uh, and I did not do this, but I would say to Jason, Jace, look, here, have my red one, uh, give me a bunch of money, but um, we'll just pretend that it's a, a rental, and then the second that I've got my ex, uh, I'll actually transfer the ownership of the red one to you, but I have to pretend like it's still mine because otherwise I won't get this deal. To which Red said, uh, well, you can't do that. And then everyone, a lot of people said, God, we didn't realize, we forgot. And I yeah. think in part because the Epic Stage 2 went longer than anyone had anticipated. In other words, yeah. this was a longer time between Xs shipping and people doing this That stuff. is the one caveat. Yeah, but, yes, okay. But so, so Red comes Red back and says, well, look, 
how about we just agree to stop doing this from now on, right? Like yeah. we don't like that you were doing this because it seems like you're just getting around a special offer. But rather than get medieval on your ass, why don't we just agree from now on we don't do it? Okay, deal. And then someone goes under sort of basically imply legal action. Now, they qualified it before the list was closed. They weren't actually suing. But it certainly sounded particularly litigious when I read it and particularly it, inflammatory. It just, you know, the thread we didn't have to have, basically. Class action so, suits and stuff. But my yeah. point was, you know, quite frankly, if I was sitting in the boardroom or the, in this case, the saloon bar of Red, uh, and we said, look, we're going to come out with the new um, Monstros, shall we have an offer where people that have got the epic M's and X's and did them straight up and could get it at a discount? Oh, mate, don't do that. It was just such a friggin' complete bloody nightmare last time. And I remember that, and people were getting around it and complaining bitterly when they were, you know, when we sprung them doing it, and uh, just, you know, we just can't afford to do it. It's just a complete fucking waste of time. Mm. And I, I, honestly, that's the only takeout from this I could have, which was man up. Like, if you bloody well want to get a special offer, then do what you're meant to do. And if you want to play the odds that you're going to get busted, then fair enough. Now, yeah. for those of the people, and there are some friends of ours, right? And I'll point to one in particular because I'm sure you won't mind me mentioning him. Mark Toyer. Yeah, really he's good very guy. vocal about his um, Honest apologetic. as the day is long. Like, this yeah. guy is uh, honestly just a really honest guy. Said, fuck, I, didn't, didn't, I just forgot. Like yeah. I wasn't using my red one. I sold it. I, you know, it was a while since I did the X thing. He owns an M. Owns an M, but he wanted an X. But, you know, Mark is not hard up for a buck, let's face it. This is not somebody that's, you know, a... A guy who scams stuff and just said bugger and then red came back and said look obviously honest mistake uh don't worry but you know obviously we don't want to do this as a precedent but yeah it's okay we'll look after you as they did for many other people yeah basically contact your bomb squad uh couldn't that could that be oh, more reasonable yeah. i mean uh, look absolutely look i mean i'm sure that there will be uh as i said well it's part of the most intriguing thing about this is the uh that uh, we will find out soon why it's important to keep your um, red one. Uh, and as you say, as you're alluding to, maybe there is some sort of, you know, obviously if you've got your red one, you want to hang on to your red one until you get your X or your M. But once you've got that and you then have an X and you might want to upgrade your X, then yes, perhaps there is some sort of um, deal for still, some reason for still hanging on to a red one as part of a trade-in and when you finally do part with your red one to if, uh, if, trade yeah. in for monster upgrade or something. If red had said, you may never sell your red one, I'd say, well, that's not reasonable yeah. because you can't no. tell me as a business that I can't exactly. do this stuff moving forward. But they didn't say that. And if they said, look, you... Um, you absolutely, I'm sorry, but if you think you're going to, you know, we're limiting this and you have to, you know, absolutely tick every box and if you fucked up, bugger you, who gives a shit, you might have said, well, they're playing hard-ass, but I don't think you still would have complained that much. Yeah. I mean, I just think this is, uh, and, and as I say, the biggest shame to me about this is just when dicks do this, what happens is that they just think twice about doing it in the future. And quite frankly, I thought it was a really good offer, the X program. Yeah, look, absolutely. Look, I mean, the caveat to it all, I guess, and why it's clear that Red, having seen every side of all the story now, uh, are keen to sort of take it on a case-by-case basis, is that there has been a lot of water and a lot more water under the bridge than Red had imagined. They would imagine that there would have been maybe half the amount of water that had flown under the bridge between, yeah, sure. um, you know, announcing, uh, you know, the, the stage two sort of program and people actually getting their cameras. We've had a global financial crisis, tsunamis, a lot longer people have been without their deposits and, uh, 
you know, and obviously their cameras have, um, they've seen other cameras come to market that have uh, degraded the value of a red one. And they've seen other cameras being announced to be coming to the market, which, you know, potentially, if I don't sell my red one now, what's it going to be worth later? You know, there's a lot of, there is a lot of factors to this. And again, you know, again, as with, with, with Mark, there's, um, the argument that God, it was so long ago when I clicked those two little buttons or signed that signed my wife away two two years ago, I'd completely forgotten that that was the the rules. Um, I will so, say this though. I will say this. It wasn't as if you could say, well, it wasn't somebody's fault because they absolutely had to blah 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 blah, or this was you know exclusively the only way you could get it. And what did you expect when this is the only thing they could do? Because mm-hmm. you could just walk up and buy an M. You know what I mean? Like if you didn't want to, if you wanted to have the money for your red one. And thus, you wanted an epic, but you felt like you were in a position that you couldn't go left and couldn't go right. Just buy an M. Like, there was a completely get-out-of-jail-free card on this. Want to partake in the offer? Okay, here you go. You hold on to your red one, and uh, we will let you buy at a discount. Don't want to hold on to your red one because you need to sell it? Not a problem. You can still buy an M. You can still buy an X, actually, just not immediately. I mean, it's not as if we're talking about anything here, but effectively a discount for customer loyalty based on like a loyalty card only the terms and conditions just happened to be that it was ownership of the previous product i mean you know okay the only trade i'd say is this is one of the dangers of this kind of really open transparency that red does which Mm. is people somehow feel like uh i don't know that they're entitled to more than is I don't know what it is actually. I don't know what it's a sense of entitlement. It's uh, yeah. It just I guess the whole thread proves that this is not an easy, clean, cut and dried industry or the setup. You know, it is very. It is quite a complicated thing. I've been doing, as we've said before, I've been doing this freaking podcast for three and a half years, whatever. And the whole stage thing still has me a little bit, um, you know, uh, dizzied. And uh, until I was reminded of these rules here, I'd forgotten that that was part of this whole stage two package. So, and I wasn't someone who had my deposit down way, way long ago. So, you know, it's um, not hard to um, understand, you know, it's not hard to realize that you can certainly forget this stuff. I, I am sure that for a lot of people, it caused a reasonable amount of distress. And I'm sure that that distress was real on both sides of the equation. Yeah. But I will say that I don't think that the outcome, if you are interested in digital cinematography, was unfair. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's um, complete, completely fair. But, I, but I, you know, it's the 22 pages of passionate posts on Red User is almost the price that Red seems to be paying for this policy of open discussion. Yeah, it, but, you as know, we've mentioned before, the door swing sort of both ways. Both ways, and you've yeah. You've got to take, you know, take the good with the bad. But, uh, yeah, people should, I guess, I mean, uh, my whole thing about this camera is I love it to death, but I run a business. These are professional cameras. These aren't toys. These aren't personal accessories. These are professional cameras get used professionally. And professionally to me means in a business context. I think Red is a company that I want run professionally into making money. Yeah. I want people that buy the cameras to make money. I, I'm not a capitalist, you know, at all costs. I'm not like some kind of ranting um, money rules, but I mean, you know, if you're running a company, you should be able to uh, suck it up and just uh, make sensible business decisions and move forward. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, it does feel it has felt a little bit. I don't know. It, it all has felt a little bit strong-willed to, to me. I did my first reaction on reading the first bit, first few posts were 
you know, a bit sort of what the fuck? This just sort of felt a bit sort of. I can completely understand where they're coming from in terms of wanting to shut down people who are just sort of you know gaming the system and going against the spirit of the whole thing. But at the end of the day, I also sort of wonder what is it to Red? You know, they've sold one camera and they gets that camera sale gets them to sell another camera. So, you know, I mean, I, I really, I'm a little, still a little bit lost as to what the big issue is, really. I mean, if, you know, if you've sold your X, if you've sold your red one, I mean, you bought your red one, you know, and if, and if there was a special offer and you make, made use of that offer, great, then you should be able to, should be able to make do with, make, you know, do whatever you want with the original camera that um, was part of, which was you know your gateway into the offer. Really, I mean, I, I'm all. I, okay, know. but here's my thing, right? Honestly, like you, I understand you're just sort of tossing it, but quite yeah, frankly, sure. it doesn't matter. Like Red can have any bloody reason they bloody feel like to have sure. a special offer yeah. that they think is in commercial interest of their company, and if it's in the commercial interest of their company to not have every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Um, I mean, maybe they wanted just to limit the scope of the X pickup. You know, make literally, yeah. Yeah. they wanted to instead of saying we limit of five hundred or first uh, fifty comes, you know, best in first in best dress kind of thing. They simply said, oh, well, just like make it the people that have still got the original red ones. That'll limit it to about X. Oh, sorry, Y number of of uh, potential X cameras we ship, which is something that the company can afford. It's the promotion uh, we're willing to pay that amount of money out to be good to our customer base. And you know, that would be a reason enough. If, they, if the only reason they wanted to do it was just to limit the number, that would be a completely valid commercial decision. That maybe, but maybe we just in the world does. But maybe we're just sort of maybe we're just seeing this all from a, a bit too much of a business perspective. And at the end of the day, this is actually an insult to what they thought was a friendship. Maybe it's just the fact that they're taking offence to people who they thought were. You know, who, who friends knows? of Red who are then gaming that? them. You know what I mean? It may just come down to personal. You know? Oh, you mean Red is taking it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I had my own island, I probably would be much more concerned in in, in, in the whole community of the thing than, you know, than a few lost dollars, maybe. I, I don't know. I think I'd be annoyed if people know. were gaming me. Uh, yeah, that's well, that's what I mean because it's you, uh, we're taking it personally, basically. So I anyway, know. look. Okay, well, anyway, whatever. Anyway, there you go. That's anyway, the, it's, it's that's done. The it's over. Thing. If you have got a camera, an X, uh, in the queue, and uh, you think that you're in risk of some problem because you sold a red one and you didn't know, you should really fess up and just speak to Red because they seem to be acting pretty recently on this. The last thing in the world I do right now, though, is um, is try and come up with some new way around the rules. Because yeah. quite frankly, you'll get my wrath as much as anybody else. Yes, yeah, look, I think they, they understand that some, you know, their their people have reasons. Explain your reasons, and really, what they want to do is just update the database, get the ownership correct, done the correct way, and uh, move on. And obviously, uh, they've got the message out that uh, in the future, don't do this sort of stuff. Again, come back to the most intriguing part, possibly in a positive most impositive point of this is perhaps what uh, will we find out will be the interesting reason for keeping your red one um, hopefully we'll see, hear that sooner rather than later though with um, uh, red's recent uh, change of uh, <laughs> announcements maybe we won't hear until it's done okay well that's it for this week thanks so much for being with us Chase thanks for coming back um, no worries, uh, and uh, clearing up that last bit And uh, we'll talk to you guys uh, in due course. Until next time, I'm Mike Seymour. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening. Send your questions or comments to rc at fxguide.com. Copyright 2011, FX Guide, LLC.